Andy, my dude, have you heard of the magical website builder known as Squarespace? Ugh, not another Squarespace ad. I feel like every podcast is sponsored by them. <laughs> hey, 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 don't knock it till you try it. Yes, okay, it is overhyped. But actually, it lives up to the hype. Squarespace is like a website fairy godmother. With a click of a button, your site transforms into a beautiful masterpiece. A website fairy godmother? That sounds interesting. What makes it so magical? Well, for starters, those slick templates make anyone look like a professional web designer. Pick one, customize the colors and fonts to match your brand, and voila. Plus, the drag-and-drop fluid engine is so easy, your grandma could build a site on Squarespace. Well, she did knit me a lovely scarf last Christmas. Maybe website design is next. Exactly. And when you're ready to sell your Nana's handmade scarves online, Squarespace has built-in e-commerce. Add a store with one click. Get flexible payment options. Then watch those sales roll in. And when she wants to teach others her steezy scarf skills, Squarespace's new courses feature is just the ticket. Nana can set up her curriculum and enrollments and payments in a snap and become the next e-knitting influencer. Wow, you really sold me with the grandma angle. Sign me up for that free try. Just go to thenextreel.com slash Squarespace and transform your site into a beautiful Squarespace masterpiece. Well, thanks, Pete. Even though it's overhyped, Squarespace actually sounds perfect for Nana's site's needs. Appreciate the warning on the ads, though. I'll brace myself next time I listen to a podcast. Anytime. Let me know if you need any help getting that site up and running. Andy, can you believe we've almost hit 700 episodes of The Next Reel? I know, it's crazy. And with all the other episodes in our family of podcasts, we are well over 1,200 episodes of movie conversation. It's really pretty amazing that we've gotten to have these in-depth movie chats every week for over a decade now. And we couldn't have done it without our loyal community of film fans. Their support over the years has meant so much. For sure. That reminds me, we should give the merch store a shout out. Buying shirts from thenextreel.com slash merch is a great way listeners can continue to support the show. Plus, they get to support our great designs. Absolutely. I think sometimes folks forget we have a variety of shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more available. In fact, a great place to start is with a shirt sporting the Next Reel's logo. We also have that classic Fast Times Spicoli Surf School tee, or the weirdly popular Rusty's European Tour shirt. The one from National Foods European Vacation. Why is that so popular? <laughs> Search me, but we have sold a ridiculous number of those. I guess there are a lot of Rusties taking trips to Europe? We're always adding new designs based on movies we've covered, like our brand new design for a streetcar named Desire, featuring a streetcar named Desire. So if you want to rep your love of TNR and films, head to thenextreel.com slash merch. Every purchase helps us continue to have these weekly in-depth conversations. So visit thenextreel.com slash merch today. And as always, thanks for listening and being a part of the Next Real community. We've got lots more great movie chats coming your way. Time, folks. Enjoy the show. A dystopian world where there are no women and all living creatures can hear each other's thoughts in a stream of images, words, and sounds called noise. What am I describing? I don't know. 
<laughs> what I, are you I, describing? I'm describing a new film written by, oh my God, Charlie Kaufman, directed by Doug Lyman, starring <laughs> Tom Holland, Daisy Ridley, Mads Mikkelsen, and Damien Bashir. Wow. Chaos Walking. Right? That sounds pretty interesting. Uh-huh. You're going to see that. Absolutely. Uh, other screen is written others uh, the the um, novel was written by Patrick Ness which I am now going to read because awesome. Uh written by Charlie Kaufman, Gary Spinelli and Jamie Linden. I can imagine a world like that would be chaos where everyone can hear each other's thoughts. That's just like I mean what a bombardment that would yeah. be. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> <laughs> it, it it it's actually a true story of this year. <laughs> and That's I am curious is. how Daisy Ridley figures into it if it is a world of with no women. No women. And she's playing a character named Viola, I assume a female character. I I would assume. Cuz you know she could be playing a dude. That's true. She could be pulling a, a Glenn Close from right. uh um Hook or Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yes. Um, how are you? Good, good. It's it's a good Saturday, morning. Saturday matinee. Saturday matinee, it's baby. It's a new thing we're doing. It's a new thing. Do you want to tell people this was your idea? You should have to tell people what it is. Well, we've been changing the show up a little bit, and so we were like, you know, we're going to miss out on our trailer picks and just our other kind of random conversations. So we figured, you know, we need a platform for that. Hey, I know. How new about show. We add, <laughs> add another show. <laughs> More recording work for us to do. <laughs> Well, this one though is uh, is unique uh, in that it's only going out to you fine uh, Patreon subscribers, That's uh, supporters. Correct. Thank you so much for doing that. We appreciate you listening, and it's also going to be likely uh, less. What's the word? Uh, edited. Yeah. Right. Yeah. A little kind of a rough conversation. It's going to be rough. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we're just gonna we're gonna record it uh, if we can do it early Saturday mornings. Uh, then dump it out before noon. Like just get it done. Get her done. Get her done uh, onto Patreon. That's our whole idea, and so we'll see. It's an experiment. I I feel like it is unsafe to promise that we'll hit every single weekend. Uh, it, I also feel like it's unsafe to promise it'll be just you and me. We're hoping to get the other guys involved as uh, as their schedules allow. Definitely, right? yeah, definitely, yeah. Uh, but and I think it's also safe to say the the conversations are going to take many directions. I mean, we have an idea what we're going to focus on, but no, we don't. Well, <laughs> we we have a few points, okay, but you're right, it's you're right. likely it's going to shift quite a bit. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, okay, I think we should probably uh, let's let's jump into trailer picks, should we? Just let's get do that it. out of the way. You've got two, so why don't you start and end? <laughs> Uh, just because we haven't had uh, a lot of, of trailers, I will start with The Lovely One. Uh, this is the trailer for Loving Vincent, uh, which is a feature film about the life and mysterious death of Vincent van Gogh. And I know really not very much about Vincent van Gogh. You know, I know about the, he, he's, I know about the ear thing. Yep. Um, uh, but uh, not a whole lot. And, I, and obviously, I know the uh, uh, Starry Night, some of the famous uh, works, uh, but n- not a lot. And this film presents to you the story of Van Gogh uh, through the style of his work. It, the entire thing is a moving oil painting. And 
I, you know, it's hard for me even to take a step back and comment on what I saw in the trailer in terms of the narrative because I was so blown away by the look of it. It is beautiful to my eye. Uh, stars Aidan Turner, uh, uh, Saoirse Ronan, Eleanor Tomlinson, uh, uh, some other folks I haven't heard of. Chris O'Dowd shows up uh, in here. Uh, With a great who, big bushy much. beard. With a great bushy beard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and so it, it looks like, uh, oh, and Robert Golachik plays uh, Vincent Van Gogh himself. Uh, and it, it looks just like a lovely lovely piece of work. He is, um, Golachik is a, um, I, I don't know, even know where he's from. Uh, he's got a very uh, pretty limited uh, uh, filmography. He's got this, and then uh, Prosta Historia o Modestvi in 2016, and Pursa Milos Maybe TV Polish, series. Huh? Yeah, he's Polish. And so or, uh, or he Danish, has not been in much. Dutch. Uh, yeah, but he plays the the title character here. Um, what did you think? I mean, didn't didn't the look of this thing just bowl you over? Yeah, you don't get much of the story. It it it's almost like a uh, Citizen Kane esque sort of yeah. you know take on a bunch of different characters and kind of their thoughts on Vincent Van Gogh and everything. Um, in just the little bit we see, it's a pretty short trailer, but man, is it just gorgeous to look at. I mean, it's just just watching this kind of painted trailer it's it's really stunning and i mean you're right i don't know much about vincent van gogh either i saw the robert altman film um ages ago um vincent and theo where, which i think was more about him and his brother's relationship um but other than that i don't like i don't remember that film too well um, um but i i find vincent an interesting character i certainly love his artwork and um, yeah, this uh, definitely just, I mean, just the look of this alone really kind of got me wanting to check this one out. You know what I worry about? What was the film that was, um, that was, uh, it had that weird look. It was all super cell animated. Uh, I think, wasn't Keanu Reeves in it? Uh, something. Well, there was Waking Life. Waking and, Life, And yeah. there was, um, uh, yeah, the other one, the sci-fi uh, one that I'm going to remember here in a sec, but they were both um, Richard Linklater films. Yes, that's right. That's right. And so, Waking Life. Um, what, what did you have a memory of your thoughts of that film? Ethan Hawke is who I was thinking of because yeah, he's and, in everything. I should have just dropped his name. Yeah, and the, and the Scanner Darkly is the other one. Oh, that's the Keanu Reeves one. Yeah, I actually enjoy both of those films quite a bit. I think they're really uh, intriguing, and I love the fact that he kind of took that uh, that uh, rotoscoping technology and did some something really unique with the animation style especially for scanner darkly it it worked really well in context of that sci-fi story I, I just really liked the way they did, did that waking life I thought worked really well because it was really kind of a, um, just kind of a philosophical uh, conversation sort of film and he was able to use the animation to his advantage in that so i think in both contexts he actually chose a really good format for it i do too and yet i i remember having the same sort of emotional reaction to the trailer for the for uh, what i was thinking of was scanner darkly um which was oh my god i hope this isn't just a bunch of style over substance like they spent a lot of time working on the the look of the film and and it ends up being you know uh, lousy, and in in this case, I mean, I'm I'm with you, Scanner Darkly. I actually have a really good memory of it. I just feel 
I just have this impending sense of doom whenever I see, uh, you know, largely stylistic trailers like this that don't offer much in the way of substance. Yeah, uh, it does make you wonder if it is style over substance. Yeah. All right. What's yours? Oh, should uh, I tell you when it's coming out? You is tell that me when we yeah. do. I want to know. That's something I the think people want to know. Pete. The people want to know. It's actually coming up. Uh, pretty quickly september um looks like we've got um you know uh, who's who needs to have the tabs open really i, I saw september 22nd september 22nd i think is the um is the u.s release and um i it's got some uh film festivals that it's been running throughout the year so far but the u.s release starts uh, the rollout uh poland france uk greece sweden and bulgaria throughout october and december and no other uh release dates announced yet well my trailer is the uh, the remake of death wish pete yeah. that's right eli roth uh has uh, taken it on as his next project uh Written by Joe Carnahan, um, also based on the Brian Garfield novel that the original Charles Bronson 1974 film was based on. Um, I enjoyed Charlie Bronson's Death Wish. It's an interesting uh, look at a, at a person kind of taking a dark path after uh, his wife gets killed by some uh, street punks. And then he kind of goes on this vigilante streak and starts killing people that uh, that might be... Uh, doing something bad or thinking about it. It's it's an interesting movie because he kind of starts going after people who he thinks are bad. And uh, my recollection is that, you know, it's it's not necessarily waiting till they've done something bad. It's just like you look like you're in trouble and, and uh, taking them down. I think that the Charles Bronson one had an interesting kind of message about the dangers of going down that road. I'm not sure watching the trailer for the for the Bruce Willis uh, remake if it has that in it. I, I hope it does because I did enjoy that story and I think it's an interesting uh, way to look. And I certainly think Bruce Willis is is a great sort of uh, character for this sort of film. Um, I just I hope that it's it doesn't just turn turn into I'm going to kick some ass now sort of movie, which it could turn into. It makes me a little nervous. Yeah, I uh, I'm with you. It it feels like I and I my memory of Death Wish is is pretty vague, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I, I remember obviously uh, Hope Lang and Vincent Gardenia and uh, you know, director Michael Winner and Wendell Mays we talked a little bit about when we did the the, the show on the Poseidon Adventure. Um also screenwriter on that um film and I I I don't have a very high opinion of death wish like it's not a movie that i think oh gosh that's one i need to keep in the canon it's great um it it just was never great it seemed like it's kind of a random random acts of violence without a lot of heart um because and, and i think largely because he is such a he, charles bronson is such a stoic um so when i look at this trailer i think well may, you know maybe there's hope because bruce willis has um you know more in the way of um you know e- emotion uh, on screen. I, I like yeah. when he gets scared and, you know, frenetic and crazed. I, I think he has a, um, a better look on screen is easier to kind of sense his motivation. And so I'm, I'm excited about it only in the sense that, you know, it's, it's a, it, it's a curiosity and, um, you know, but I, it's another one. I don't, I don't know if it needed to be remade. I'm, I'm tired of these. I mean, I, you know, it would be interesting, you know, to do it like a, a Charles Bronson 
revenge series in the uh, like some of his 70s films because i think there's uh, i think there is something interesting about what he was what he and uh, i think often it was with director michael winner were doing in the 70s i just feel like um it wasn't just uh, like i don't know i i think that you should at least look at death wish again because i feel like there was more to it in a really dark way it was really kind of like an anti-violence sort of film is is my recollection of it i may be putting too much uh to it but um i'm curious what this one is going to take so i guess we'll i guess what, we'll wait and see what see what do you i mean i'm i look forward to, to it because you know if i i look forward to Joe Carnahan's role in it, you know. I mean, I was a big fan of Smoke and Aces, you know, and so, and and other stuff that he's done. And I know you're a big fan of of um, the Gray. The Gray. He was a producer on the Gray. I, you know, Director, I, yeah. I feel like it is. Um, I, I feel like there's there's more. <laughs> hope in the contemporary telling, but come on, Vincent D'Onofrio. Right? Oh, I know like, it's. It's yeah, it's it's got a good cast. Elizabeth Shue is his wife. Dean Norris as the detective. Yeah, it it has uh, it has the possibility to be something that works well. So I am very interested. I'll say that. I just I hope that it goes down the right road. I mean, it's based on the same material, so I hope that Joe kind of pulls mm-hmm. that out. He certainly hasn't been one to shy away from complexity in his films. So it it won't be the same without Jeff Goldblum. That's very true. <laughs> the uh the lankiest uh, hoodlum there is right <laughs> uh so this one's going to be opening november 22nd so uh, what right. was your last trailer pete i don't know it made me mad um <laughs> it's called shot uh 2017 it's probably uh it's probably fine uh the it, it's seems like the way they're talking about it it's a it's kind of a sliding doors story right three lives uh, that are intertwined when a bullet you know when a gun goes off in a in a crowd a gun that was given to a young man uh, you know under the auspices of protecting himself from gang violence the, the guy accidentally shoots the gun it hits another guy he goes down it's the story of all the lives that are intertwined when this one accidental firing goes off and 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 um you know, it's the lead character who gets shot is Noah Wiley, and I I like Noah Wiley. I miss seeing him on any sort of screen, um, and so I I was excited to see this trailer. And I feel like these kinds of stories, the the sliding door stories, are fun. I I like watching how you know worlds collide, uh, and so I got excited about it. And the whole trailer I think does a pretty good job of paying off what I want out of these movies and then the last scene uh, of of Wiley holding the gun up saying meet the guy who shot me um, and I've, I've I've totally deflated like then it becomes <laughs> it it's it I'm not saying that's not relevant in the film maybe it, it is it it they probably find a way to do it but they absolutely pop the intensity uh, and interest of the trailer by dropping that shot in because it becomes less of a you know look at the tragedy of gun violence right even accidental yeah. gun violence to a revenge story and i did not like that at all yeah the, re- the that uh the the first type of story really uh babble handled that you know you've got the brad pitt and kate blanchett characters who are on that bus on a on a tour and and some random kids shoot at the bus um not knowing anybody and then she ends of course gets shot and dies and it's that whole 
you know, multiple lives affected by, you know, one act sort of thing. And uh, you're right. This this had that going for it, and then it turns into something that's like, oh, really? Does that does it need to go there? And you're right. Also, does the trailer need to go there? Is it kind of giving us too much, or has the story kind of been ruined for us now? Yeah, uh, it, it, you know, in that regard, we just saw. So I don't know. Are you are you still watching the Justice League trailers as they come? Out? I am. I just watched the. Uh, yeah, I was going to talk about that one too, but meh. Right. But, you know, you you have to say one thing that they have not dropped is Superman. And I think it's pretty safe to say everybody believes Superman's going to be in this movie, but they haven't actually shown him. I think everybody knows he's going to be in this because the story of his mustache has been in the news so much. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. That's right. They can't hide that. Superman's bringing the mustache back. That's right. (laughs) Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, so it, I, I don't know. I was not crazy about this. Uh, I was crazy about the trailer, and then I was not crazy about it. Director Jeremy Kagan, um, behind such films as, you know, The Sting 2 uh, and uh, Journey, the director of uh, Natty, uh, who's Natty the director Gann? of Natty Gann? Is that right? The Journey Natty of Gann. Natty Gann. Hey, there you go. Right. I haven't thought that movie hasn't popped up in forever. Yeah, I don't know if he, you should brag that he directed the Sting too. <laughs> yeah, I know that's, that's it's not a bragging thing. Believe me, you can take it however you want, but I was not intending to brag. Uh, so th- this looks—he's he's behind a lot of uh, a lot of TV, uh, uh, a lot of serial stuff. And then uh, here we go with this. It looks like it's an, an effort to do something a little bit more uh, intense. We've got a release date sometime this year. Specific dates we don't know yet. But if you're a fan of Noah Wiley, here's a shot. That's all I'm saying. Oh, do you see what I did there? Hey, there a you shot. go. Shot. And if and you're looking shot. to get uh, to see Malcolm Jamal Warner back, he's in it too. I just saw. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you know, I, I I didn't mention anybody else in the cast, but you're right. He's he is uh, he would have been high on the list. And uh, Xander Berkeley, though, Xander we Berkeley, like Xander. Yeah. We do like Xander. So fantastic. What you want with your with your little bragging. <laughs> uh, uh, so all right, there you go. What else do you want to talk about? So um, what do you think of the Emoji Movie doing so well, Pete? It's It, it came in last weekend at number two at the box office. And it's, uh, you know, I mean, it, it beat out. What were the other movies that had just opened? I think Atomic Blonde really was the big one. And uh, um, that was one that I, I made. Or, and Detroit, those three movies were the big ones that opened. And Detroit opened at number 18 at the domestic box office, way down the list. I mean, it had a much more limited release, so I guess that's probably why. Um, Atomic, Blonde, uh, Atomic Blonde, though, uh, came in number four, and Emoji at number two. Um, I, I, that doesn't surprise me, actually, at all around the Emoji movie, because, you know, there's an audience for every movie, and this has some big names in it, and it's goofy and funny, and I, had, I haven't seen it, uh, but I, you know, from what I, I hear about it, uh, of uh, people of a certain age, the smaller people... <laughs> have a good time at this movie, right? Well, and yeah. Thereby, you have you're essentially doubling the audience because they need somebody else to take them. So exactly. it, it doesn't surprise me a, a bit that that performed well in its opening weekend. I do not expect to hear the same news when we get the report for this weekend. I bet it's going to fall. What surprises me more than that, though, Andy, and I can't believe you didn't mention it, is that Girls Trip opened at number three, and that looked like a, just a ridiculous thing. Well, uh, again, clearly for the same reason, I, it is clearly not a movie. Movie for, that was made for me. 
Well, and no, and it's in its second weekend, so I, I can't remember what it opened at the, the oh, previous true. weekend. Yeah, it dropped thirty six percent over the first weekend. So yeah, um, but you know, it's it. I think that it shows that there are um, movies, there are audiences that are craving certain movies, and yeah. I think you know that that kind of female comedy um, women had been craving that because we really didn't have much of that this summer, and so um, so that was that for them. You're right about the emoji movie because I mean, Despicable Despicable Me. It was over a month before or since that had opened, so it had been a little while. So yeah. Yeah. It all makes sense. And well, Atomic and Blonde, it's an R-rated film. It's going to have a much more limited audience. And it's it's a violent film. So it's it's kind of appealing really specifically to kind of that John Wick type of audience. And it, you know, it's a comic book property, you know, and it's another one. That's, Is it really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, I've heard such good things about it. I, it's yeah. another one I haven't seen yet. I'm, I am behind on a lot. And I'm embarrassed to say I still haven't seen War, of the Planet, War for the Planet of the Apes. Um, uh, obviously haven't seen Atomic Blonde. I still haven't seen Dunkirk. So yeah. that, you know, in its third week now, I am not contributing to the success of Dunkirk. <laughs> well, it's still holding the number one spot. They're, yeah. uh, they're making their way. I wonder if that, I wonder how much of that is contributing to the more expensive ticket prices since there has been such buzz on that about, oh, you've got to see yeah. it on the IMAX and the 70 millimeter. And I, I wonder how much that actually boosts it. Like, I'd be curious about the ticket sales um, on like to see how the ticket sale list matches up, but you know that's what's what's your opinion? Is it worth that the hype? I haven't seen it. You haven't seen it yet. Did you no. tell me that already? That's crazy. I just did. Yeah, I you're behind on that. I am. Okay. I finally just saw War for the Planet of the Apes. Hmm. So I'm slowly catching up. I've heard great things about that too. I enjoyed it not as much as I wanted to. I'm wondering if my expectations were too high. The uh, the highest earning film of uh, I, I think it was last year, right? Was Beauty and the Beast? Uh, well, this year. Oh, this year, yeah. Uh, I just saw that for the first time last night. It's good. It's actually good. It's my wife says she prefers it over the animated version. I can see that. Yeah, it, I, there's a lot to it. There's a lot to it. I think I I wanted and and I know the audience is is who it is, but uh, I I wanted a little bit more photo reel on the beast. Like he goes in and out of of real solid fine detail, uh, and I think he could have been um, more consistent. I thought they did a pretty good job with him. I'd have to look at it again. I, I saw it in the theater. I wonder if there's a difference between watching it on the big screen and the small screen. But on the big screen, I was just uh, quite impressed with the work they did with him. I think they dumbed it down for the small screen. That's, I'm sure that's what it was. <laughs> they actually replaced him with the animated one. Way do you see? Way do you see Dunkirk on the small screen? All the characters are cartoons. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm so tempted to just say, oh, "I'll see Dunkirk when I can." Yeah, right. I'm going to watch it on my iPhone. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, anything else? Uh, anything else of note uh, on the numbers? Uh, the only other one is uh, wow! Is Valerian bombing? <laughs> I you say that, and I have no, I I really have have no particular skin in the game. It was a it was uh, a overall a meh experience, but I can tell that you're dinging me just until no, I'm not. I, it's I think just, you are. They they marketed so heavily, um, and <laughs> it had been such a huge like conversation about how Luc Besson really put all this money together independently and all this stuff to get this movie made. I mean, it cost, uh, from what I see, $177.2 million to get it made. I don't have any marketing figures. Um, but domestically here in the States, it's only made about, not even $34 million as of uh, August 3rd, so as of a couple days ago. 
and internationally only uh, not even 30 million so it's only made uh, 63 million back which is uh, <laughs> way less than even half of its budget yeah. and and that's too bad because i think if you take that movie and you give it a different uh, uh, just somebody who's better at dialogue it is a whole different experience it, yeah. it the the story is and the interpretation of the story through the mouths of the actors uh, is where the thing starts to fall apart but it is it is gorgeous and there's so much on screen that so many talented people have to be uh, enormously proud of i'm really sad for this movie because it's a it it's a huge audacious you know uh, explosion of light and color and uh, i'm it makes me really sad that more people aren't seeing it as it deserves to be seen and that it's they're not doing it because the script is so bad well and now here's a question if it was done in french and you were reading it all the subtitles, would it have seemed a little better, <laughs> the dialogue, or would it still have seemed as bad? <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, I would, uh, I would, yes, I think it is. I think it absolutely would. Um, so, a great question. I think fewer, pe even fewer people would have seen it. <laughs> well, that's true. Uh, so, um, so there's that. Uh, but, but yeah, it's, it's not, it's not great, but it's, it's a gorgeous ball of not great. Yeah. Do with that what you will. Well, Luke Besson's good at making those. So put I. This is what I put the earphones on. Listen to The Godfather, right? And uh -huh. go see this movie, and it'll be great. <laughs> You'll love it. <laughs> wow, Godfather says. Just listen to a different movie, any different movie. You know what? Hey, the the right below that is Baby Driver, which. <laughs> Is by you know in terms of just straight up profitability is slamming it, and we know Baby Driver is a terrific film. Uh, you should actually listen to Baby Driver while you're watching Valerian. <laughs> you know, it'd be interesting to play to play the the audio for the Fifth Element. <laughs> well, I, I don't, I don't know. I think I, I would think still hate it, but you would still hate it. it would, I wonder if I could tell if it was even a different movie. I don't think you could. <laughs> Oh, right. uh, so funny. Hey, right. do we, should we do our list? <laughs> Are we going to try that? Uh, our list of, this is our list of, uh, well, go ahead. What is our list? We were, we were toying with this idea of tying something into the show that we just did, which was Star Trek, the motion picture. In that particular film, there is uh, a character, Ilya, who is uh, taken by V'ger and kind of turned into a vessel for the antagonist. And so we thought it'd be fun to put together or just to... Maybe we shouldn't do a list at this point until we're a little better at this. <laughs> but <laughs> but doing coming up with other characters, other good characters who have been turned bad. And we thought it would be kind of a, a fun thing to just kind of rattle through real quick. I got it. So I, got I actually a few feel really good about my three. You've got you've got a good few. I, I had to dip into the world of TV for one of them, but Okay. Well, since it was your idea, do you want to start? So I'll kick it off with uh with Bucky Barnes. Yeah, that's I right. Think that's from a good our, one. yeah, from uh, from the Captain America uh, Marvel world, certainly uh, brought a lot of interest to the Ghost Soldier, and I think it's going to be um, interesting to see how his character continues to evolve. Because in the comics, doesn't he actually become Captain America after Cap retires yeah. or something? Yep. Yeah, and I'm so. and in the Marvel universe, he has uh, <laughs> he's he's got a longer contract. He's definitely oh, going to be with here. us after. Cap uh, leaves the show, uh, presumably at the end of Infinity War. Very interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. All right. Who's your okay. first one? Uh, my first pick, uh, Andy, would be uh, the character Syndrome from The Incredibles. 
Oh, interesting. Okay, right? yeah, right. Uh, I actually adore that uh, transformation, and I think it was a. I love that movie. I hold that movie in great esteem, uh, and I think his um, um, he he was an innovative. Um, it was an innovative vengeance story, uh, and uh, I I really like how it turned out in that movie. I can't wait to see the next one. I think that's cl- almost like warrants a new, uh, like a, another list, maybe for another week, where it's like bad guys who became bad because of the good guys. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but it's an interesting one here. Oh, so my, my, one... my my third trailer, or my third pick is going to be in the same vein. Gotcha. Go ahead. What's your next okay. one? My next one is um, dipping into the TV world, but it ties in with Star Trek so nicely. Captain Jean-Luc Picard, when he uh, becomes one of the Borg Collective oh, yeah. at the end of season three and uh, beginning of season four. I'm, I'm going to say it because uh, we're, I'm saying it here uh, and not on the main show, certainly yet, but uh, the Borg are my favorite uh, Star Trek villain and possibly my, my favorite space bad guy ever. Did you see the the bit that I guess um, in within the world of Star Trek? I think it was the novels actually. They um, they decided basically that, and I don't know how Star Trek tracks it like Star Wars does, as far as you know. This is this is the official world, and this is all now you know. Just what do they call it in Star Wars? There's the there's the canon, and then there's the yeah. I don't, what they call I don't know the what old it's stuff. I don't remember. It's but I don't know I don't how they do it, it in Star Trek. But basically, they um, uh, said that V'ger is the world of uh, where the Borg came from. I love that. I, I love that. Really interesting. Oh man! <laughs> so there you go. Somebody's got to connect those. That would be a great story. Yeah. Right. Ugh. Okay. I guess there's a book that does. So well, in in the uh, along the lines of a an inanimate object that becomes, uh, shall I say, animate and turns a otherwise a well-intentioned character dark. Are you ready? I am. Jack Torrance, The Shining. Oh. What do you think? Does that fit? Talk more about it. Well. He arguably I mean, was yeah. a fine guy, yeah, and just trying to get his book done. And he goes to this house. We'll say house is the V'ger for this story, and he becomes <laughs> uh, he he goes crazy and and uh, he he's <laughs> tries to kill his family. That's pretty good. And I guess you know in the in the book, you know, he uh, tries to go good at the end and blows the place up and everything. But mm-hmm. um, uh, which I, I think it works really nicely. So I'd say that's a fantastic pick. I like it. Very good. Very good. All right. What's your last one? Solid. Gosh, my that's just like that's a really good one. I'm really impressed. <laughs> um, for me, my last one, uh, just to tie into our current series and uh, leading into next week, um, Chekhov. We've got uh, Chekhov returning as somebody on on the USS Reliant who um, gets taken by Khan and turned to a tool of. Uh, cons for that film uh, for quite a while in one of the most horrifying ways possible i will say yeah. and something that that gave gave me a fear of earwigs for the longest oh, time god straight out of the nightmare factory <laughs> terrible oh, yeah. Yeah. uh well mine and, and to keep it sci-fi uh and and to cross the streams my last one which i think also applies uh is the the young uh, anakin skywalker Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's he, an interesting one because it's not just like a one film thing. That's like a serious like six film journey 
right. I guess, seven film journey that we watch him on though, yeah. Right, the the arc of the fall mm-hmm. uh, of Anakin to Darth Vader. And so, uh, you know, I, I, I think that one, uh, that one fits. There we I go. That's brilliant. Ten, I, I don't think we necessarily landed on the, uh, the, the sidekicks. I think wasn't that the original intent? Originally, but, you know, I think we ended up with just good characters who turned bad. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Excellent. Good talk. How'd, how'd we do? You feel okay? I feel like it's a, a good start for the Saturday matinees. Saturday matinees. I guess we'll right. let people tell us. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. Uh, thank you, everybody, for uh, for listening to this thing. And thank you, uh, triple secret thanks for supporting us on Patreon. We, we um, absolutely appreciate your, um, your participation, your monetary participation especially. Helps us cover the costs of the show and keep doing, keep doing it. Keep thinking about movies. Awesome. That's it. That's the big message. Thanks, Andy. Thank you, Pete. I love the conversations that so many of our hosts have had on their shows. Steve and JJ on Trailer Rewind, Ray and Ocean on Silver Linings, even Tommy's short-lived No, No, Wait, Hear Me Out. And so many films they've discussed started out as a book, a play, or even a TV series. Well, now you can support our whole family of podcasts by using our new Originals page to buy the original source material used to inspire films covered on our shows. Just visit thenextreel.com slash originals. Your purchases made through our links give us a small commission at no extra cost to you and allow us to keep having these fantastic conversations. It's a wonderful way to support the show. Producing these podcasts week after week require a ton of work behind the scenes. If you'd like to help support our efforts, try using our originals page when shopping for books and movies that we've covered. It's your one-stop shop for Amazon and Apple links where you can buy the book, play, video game, movie, etc. upon which the movie is based. Original material for trailer rewind movies like If Beale Street Could Talk, The Goldfinch, Aniara, or The Two Faces of January, or Silver Linings movies like Repo Men, which was based on the repossession Mambo. Plus, by using those links to buy books, Amazon and Apple show us a little bit of love, which allows you to support our family of shows with minimal effort. Visit thenextreel.com slash originals. It's a fantastic way to support the show and find a great book to read. That's right. Head over to thenextreel.com slash originals to find your next read and get started today. (laughs) 